the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures. Some little cookie cutter mold. That's not my responsibility. I want to make you just like me. No, 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 no. You're unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody like you. You have your own spiritual DNA. And you ought to thank God you are uniquely you. My responsibility, my goal is to get you to look more like Jesus to fall in love with him and to look more like him. My responsibility as your pastor, along with his leadership, is to watch over your souls. Now, that's a big one. To watch over your souls, which is to look after your soul, to nurture you in the things of God, to tend to your spiritual needs while you are under my charge, to give you the best of what I have to offer because you matter to me. I love you so much. That's why I'm passionate about what I do. It's because I have to answer to God. But listen, let me tell you something. I love this work in ways you don't even imagine. My wife and I served this church faithfully when you all couldn't give us nothing. We we, we served this church when we were bivocational. We both worked outside and then did the work here because this church was so small. We, we planted this church. You could not afford. And we sacrificed ourselves to this church. A lot of people see where you are, but they don't know where you've been. That's right. Those times my early days of ministry, we only made $1,600 a month, $400 a week with a family of four. We had to plant some collard greens outside and some... That's right, and some tomatoes and some mustards. And everything had to had to be eatable, edible, however you want to say it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you had to be able to eat it. We planted plum trees, huh? A pear trees, a peach trees. That they could if we couldn't eat off of it, we didn't plant it. We lived off the land. Off a yard. It wasn't an acre either, it was just a little yard. But let me tell you something, God made those trees bend over with fruits. And he supplied all of our needs. Yes, you see where we are, but you don't know where we've been. You see. Let me tell you something about submission. Here it is. Listen, y'all listening. Apart from submission, no church will reach her God-given potential. Do you hear what I just said? Apart from what? Submission. No church will reach our God-given potential. The absence of submission creates an environment for confusion, strife, 
When there's no submission in the church, there's going to be pain. When there's no submission in the church, there will be division and separation and splits. And will keep the church from carrying out the kingdom agenda that God has called us to serve in. So without submission, and that's why some churches don't get any father. It's because everybody's in it for what they can get, their power struggles and all kind of gains and undermining the ministry and all these kinds of things. And the church just end up in regression. Who's to submit? Listen, wives must submit to their husbands. Ephesians 5.22 says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Submission is the key to a healthy, well-balanced home. Only when wives submit to the Lord will they be able to submit to their husband. Listen, wives, you will not submit to your husband until you first submit to the Lord. God will bless the wife who honors the headship and covering of her husband. That's just God's design. God knows what's best for the family because he designed it. Then husbands must submit to their roles and responsibilities as husbands. Husbands are, are commanded to submit to the love, of, the love of your wife, love by loving your wives, submitting to your God-given responsibilities. You need to submit to being the priest in your home. When is the last time you prayed over your children? Husband, when is the last time your children walked in on you and found you on your knees? When is the last time you gave a Bible verse, or you read the scripture to your children. See, you to submit to those things. You to submit as a provider. Your children ought not wonder whether you're going to come home or not, and you're going to bring that paycheck home. Your wife ought to know the bacon's coming home. You are the protector of that house. You're the protector of that marriage. You're the covering for your wife, as well as your family. Man, God is counting on you. You're to submit, man. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. When husbands submit to the Lord, we, we will submit to our responsibilities, such as loving our wives and loving our children, honoring our wives. You don't dishonor your wife by talking her down and belittling her. You, 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 you don't disrespect her before others. You, you have a spirit that listens to her from the heart. You have a, you're determined to provide for her. You make sure that her best interests come first. Her interests come first. You're not looking out for yourself. You ought to submit to the responsibility of ministering to your spouse because you love her. It's so much because God gave her to you. That's right. God gave her to you. So man, God is calling you to submit. Then children must submit to their parents. See, children. somebody said, oh, Lord. Children are to submit to their what? Parents. Ephesians 6, 1, 2, and 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you, huh? and you may live long on the earth. Let me tell you something, children. Number one, children, I got something I need to tell you. Children, be mindful that God chastens a spirit of rebellion but blesses a spirit of obedience. If you want to have a good, if you want to have a successful life, you're not, it's not, you need to, you need to obey and honor your parents. If you want it to go well with you in life's journey, you better start obeying and confessing your sins and being in your place and staying in your place. You grown in the house, you still under the authority. 
Amen. If you, you can't follow instructions, then get your own house and pay your own bills. What y'all say, amen, parents? They're going to have a bad attitude opening your refrigerator, flushing your toilet, you bathing in your water, the bills you got to pay on, and they can't obey you the first time. You better straighten yourself up. The worst thing you can have is ungrateful children, and some of y'all bless rebellion. That's what's wrong with you. Some of y'all bless rebellion. Kids acting a fool and you still giving them more gadgets. Do a blessed subtraction. Subtract some of these things that are that is of worth to them. Stop giving them everything they ask for. Put them on solitary confinement. Lock them out of their room. You might not can lock them out of the house. CPS will come after you. Lock them out the room. You can't go in your room. You stay right out here. Sleep on the floor. Sleep on the floor. You know, you, you know, you can get back in that bed when you start obeying. You know, you can't even have the pillow. That's my pillow. See, you can, you can do some things and, and you haven't put one mark on them. Listen, don't let your children pull that bad attitude, no good attitude, sloppy attitude on you. Listen, you're not putting up with that hell in your house. Okay, now let's go to son. I'm through with that part. Now let's go to the parents. Let's look at Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Y'all hanging with me? I believe you are. Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Look what it says. Behold, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. <laughs> Y'all say that? <laughs> Y'all laughing at that. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Let me tell you something about children. I started talking about that Wednesday night and it's still in my spirit. I said I was going to be preaching about it on Sunday. So God just just moved me right on into Sunday with this. What well, We started this on Wednesday night talking about children. We're almost done. As Pastor Rander continues the most beautiful love story ever told from the best resource ever written, he conveys the role of the husband and wife in marriage. Marriages founded upon and lived out according to the word of God are marriages that last till death do us part and set the God-ordained marital foundation for generations to come. Listen as Pastor Rander continues to feed our hearts, minds, and souls with this sacred truth from God's word. Sadly, we live in a society and culture that does not love children. Babies are aborted for convenience or to avoid shame and embarrassment. Children are abused. Children are used in pornographic pictures. Children are used for prostitution and slave trafficking. We live in a, we live in a society that, 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 that's not a child-friendly society. Children can't even walk the streets to school anymore. Lest they be picked up and taken and you can't find them anywhere. Children dismembered, all kinds of in trunks and garbage cans. Children, all 
All kinds of things are happening to children because we live in a culture that promotes death and skeletons and darkness. And children know when you don't like them. That's right. When's the last time a child came up and hugged you? Or came up and conversed with you? Maybe they don't come to you because you never go to them. Last time you smiled at a child or took time to just squat down and say, how you doing today? You have some churches that are really not child friendly. They can't touch this, can't do that, don't go there, don't do that. They don't know what to do. And you just don't do them right on out the church. Huh? We must allow our children to take ownership in the church by giving them opportunities to serve if they are mature enough to handle that responsibility. You see that young man? That's a 17-year-old young man. He's been worship leading here since he was about what? Since you were about 12 years old. Now he's 17. He's a senior now. And he's been doing that. I told him in the office this morning, I said, do you not know? I wonder how many children at your school is a worship leader and be able to put that on their resume. <laughs> huh? That's just wonderful to, to train them up. Children, children, young folk. There's a little teenager here on the cameras. They're ushering. They, 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 they're back in the media room. They're all over the place. Because we don't believe, we believe our children ought to be integrated in the life of the church. I don't even believe that y'all have children church. Every pastor is different to me. I need to just put the cookies down enough where they can reach them. Huh? I think the best teachers in church are the parents. They ought to sit right next to you and watch you cry and sniffle and blow snot so they can learn how to, that's right. Trust God. Amen. They ought to see you shouting and waving your hand. And all of a sudden, they'll start to, they ought to catch the vision of worship from you. Through the week, your child go to school, you go to work, and uh, then when they come here, we come here, and the children go to another compartment. We compartmentalize everything away. I believe it ought to be a holistic experience. I learned that concept from being in Uganda. Those kids, they get on those little mats. There's no other rooms for children's church. Man, they be jumping and praising God and worshiping God and praying. And they are so serious about God with the adults in the worship experience. It's a wonderful thing when parents and children can sit together as a family unit. I'm not saying those who have children in church are wrong. It's just my conviction as the Lord has given it to me here. Uh, number three, parents realize that children are a gift from the Lord to us. And we will give an account of our parental stewardship. They're a gift. You say, you mean to tell me that little snotty nose? That's a gift. They're talking back. That's a gift. Amen. Discipline the gift and love. That's right. That's a gift. That child, you're going to answer to God as to how you handle that precious gift. Parental stewardship. Number four, we must love our children with an unconditional love at their best and at their worst. I mean, your children can bless you and your children can shame you. Your children can find themselves in some situations. You just grab your head and say, what on earth were you thinking about? You ever had that thinking about moment? How could you do that to me? What were you thinking? And you know what? You got to love them. Anyhow. And number five, listen, I want you to hear me from the heart. 
even though none of us have been perfect parents, just like we don't have perfect children. What really matters is did you do your best before the Lord? With what was available to you at the time. You may not have been saved when your children were young. Or perhaps you were a spiritual baby when your children were teenagers. Huh? Maybe you lacked the knowledge that and experience that you have now. In other words, you, you just didn't know any better back then. And now you know so much more. Listen, it's never too late to do the right thing. And God has given your grandchildren to make up on them. In other words, you just did not know any better. But, but even though none of us are perfect parents, what really matters is did we do our best with what we had at that time and then surrender it to Jesus. Number six, refuse to beat yourself up for past parental negligence. How many of y'all made some mistakes as parents that you wish you can get back? Let me think you said some things or you did some things and you, if you could do it all over again, you would use a whole nother strategy. Refuse to beat yourself up for past parental negligence. What you do, my friends, is to repent, forgive. Once you really repent, God forgives you. He puts that on the blood. Then forgive yourself. Then ask your children for forgiveness. And with the help of the Lord, cultivate a healthy relationship as best you can now. That's what you do. That's what you do. Just repent. Forgive yourself. And cultivate a relationship with your children as best you can. Now, never tell your children, I'm through with you. That's the worst thing you can say. No, no. What if God said that about you? We've made some mess in our life. And yet God never said, I'm through with you. No. And even if, if there come a time when you have to dismiss them from the home, should that happen regrettably, I still ought to believe there ought to be times when they can at least come and eat a Sunday meal at your house so you can see how they're doing without raising serious issues. Where you can just talk and what's going on with your life. They ought to still be able to come and at least eat a meal. You'll do that for somebody you don't know, I hope. It's getting quiet now. Yeah, yeah. Number seven, listen here. Be mindful that Adam and Eve were in a perfect garden Adam and Eve had a perfect father, and yet God's children failed him. So who are we to think that we are exempt from problems with our own children? Therefore, we must continue to cover them with our prayers, be patient with them, even when we can't see nothing at the time, and refuse to lose hope on your children. When you stop praying for your children, you saying, I've lost hope. I've lost hope. Listen, if you lose hope, what hope have they? Huh? God's children failed him. And God was a perfect parent, put in a perfect garden. And those children went astray. So who are you to think you're little precious? Little, oh, my child. They still little sinners. Little, that's right. They little sinners, they little cute sinners that need salvation. That's why you ought to be praying for their salvation and praying over them. They little rascals. They come in little tigers. And they need to be tamed, tamed and trained. Lest they tear you up in your house too. Number eight. This is big. I'm, I'm done now. About done. 
you've gotten quite quiet because you're listening, and that's good. Don't just pray for your child to make straight A's. Don't just pray that your child be the greatest football player, the greatest soccer player, the greatest basketball player. Don't just pray that. I hope you hit 50 points a game. That's not how you ought to be praying. Praise God if they're great athletes. Don't just pray that your child graduate in the, in the top 10% of his or her class. Don't just pray that they get a scholarship, although that's good, that save your pocketbook. All those things are good, not bad, but that's that. But your prayer ought to be in another dimension. Here's what you pray for. Let me tell you what you pray for. A, pray that they get caught when they do wrong and their sins exposed. When the last time you prayed that? I'm praying that you get caught every time because we expect you to represent Jesus Christ in this home. I'm praying you won't get away with your wrongness and with your sin. When the last time you prayed that your child got caught? You want to make some straight A's. But what is straight A's without integrity? What is straight A's without character? I'm going to tell you how you ought to pray. Pray that they have the mind of Christ. That's right. Now, don't expect your, your child to have a mind of Christ and you don't have the mind of Christ. You looking at everything on TV. You having one night stands in the house. You're cussing all over the house. How are they going to think like Jesus when you're the biggest fool in the house? You got a bad attitude. You crazy. You howling and screaming at your husband, your wife. You fighting like cats and dogs and you expect your child to have a, think they're going to be dysfunctional. And that's why, you, that's why these kids are labeled ED when the parents are emotionally disturbed. The label is on the wrong person. It ought to be on the parents. Pray that they have the mind of Christ. I'm not through with y'all yet. Pray that they have intimacy with God. They live close to God. I like what that scripture says in Genesis. Enoch walked with God. Intimacy with God. Closeness with God. So close that they have discernment. So close that they guard themselves. So close that they don't run with every Jack Daniels that come near them. Somebody's named Jack Daniels. It's not just the liquor. Liquor. Pray that they walk with God. Walk with God. Live with God. Worship God. Pray that they fall in love with Jesus. That's another one to add in now. That spirit give me more now. That they fall in love with Jesus. Pray, pray. You know what you ought to pray for your children? I'm not through. Pray that they become pastors. Pray that they become teachers. Pray that they become youth workers. Pray that they become counselors. Pray that they become deacons. Pray that they become missionaries. I don't want my child to be a missionary. I paid all that money to go to college. Now they're going to go across the sea and tell somebody about Jesus. They better go somewhere and make some money. And you get in God's way. Kids get on fire. Yeah, but where's the money? Listen, Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Get out of your child's way and let them be what God want them to be and not what you want them to be. Stop forcing them to be something that you weren't. Oh, God. 
Pray that they be church planners. They plant churches all over the place. Pray that they be church builders, constructing churches. Pray that your child become a president of seminaries. Pray that your child become a judge and, and judge righteously in the land and not be a tyrant overruling the will of the people. Pray that your child be kingdom givers huh, and not kingdom takers. But they can't be kingdom givers, mama and daddy, if you're not tithing, if you're not giver. That's why the reason you parents struggle with giving is because you have been taught to give. And your children will struggle if you don't teach them through modeling what it means to give to the Lord. Kingdom givers. Pray that your child aspire for political office to affect this country for righteousness. We need some righteous Children growing up to be on the Supreme Court and legislators and congressmen and senators and all of these people, city council and school boards and all that. We are the salt and we need to integrate ourselves and we ought to pray that our children make a kingdom difference. And finally, pray that your children be great in the kingdom of God. Pray that your child or your children be great in the kingdom of God. You say, but my child's in jail. Well, my child's on drugs. I don't know where my child is. You can still pray this by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Pray when you don't see nothing. You pray. You pray. You pray. You are where you are now because your mama prayed for you. Your daddy prayed for you. Some auntie prayed for you. Some grandparent. You didn't get here by accident. How many of you know that you know you know you're here because somebody prayed for you? And all God's children said, Amen. Pastor Rander concludes this message by sharing spiritual wisdom regarding the God-ordained role of the husband and wife in marriage children and parental responsibility in the family and pastors, bishops, elders, deacons, and women in the church. There is no question that God sanctified marriage. He ordained and blessed it in the beginning. If we desire to experience joy in marriage, we must follow God's lead. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.